Yes, yes, yes. Pastor Moore's coming right now. Lord bless him in Jesus' name. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, how true that song is tonight. Amen. If you know anything about our Savior, which is the Savior of the world called Jesus Christ, through the powers of the Holy Ghost, you can relate to that song tonight. Amen. To find the words, both, both small and great, really are not able to find them. Sometimes that's a reason we respond and act in the way that we do. Because words are just simply not enough. And so with the dance and with the hallelujahs and the shouts and the waving of the hands and speaking in tongues. It's just a way of expressing how awesome this God really is. The moment that we encounter Tim and the revelation of truth and the powers of his presence. And all the benefits and promises to have an encounter with him. I'm telling you, there is nothing like it. Amen. Turn with Matthew 24 and 37. I know you've been standing, standing pretty hard of the night, so we'll just read one verse in your hearing tonight. While you're turning there, let me say welcome to all of our guests. Appreciate you coming to be a part of this service. Let's put our hands together. Amen. Come on, first Jesus' name, church. Let's put our hands together with thanks. Appreciating our guests to take out the time to come worship the Lord with us. Amen. To feel the love of God, the touch of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So we want you to just join with us in giving him glory and praise in the house tonight. Amen. Got a little thought on our hearts here tonight. One verse. But as in the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. As in the days of Noah shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Lord, we love you tonight and appreciate you. We're thankful for the prayers that you've answered, the lives that you've touched. Protection that's been given to individuals in this house tonight. The miracles and wonders and signs and the great things that you're doing. God, we're in this place tonight knowing that we need you. We need you to be in our lives and to help us and to anoint us. God, through the preaching of the word of God tonight, the power of your word, the power of your presence, preparing us, stirring us, moving us, God. Help us have an ear to hear. Help me, Lord, as an earthen vessel that so desperately needs you to anoint us. To loose our tongues and to help us to speak the words that need to be spoken in the house of God tonight. And those words could find its mark in the hearts and the souls and the minds and the spirit of these earthen vessels here tonight. The words of deliverance, the words of hope. The words of instructions and direction. God, you're in the house. And God, while you're in the house, I pray that your will will be done in this place tonight. In that wonderful name of Jesus Christ, we pray. God bless you. You may be seated. I've mentioned this thought in the last few weeks in services. 
talking about Noah. Noah finding grace. The scripture simply has taught us this out of Genesis, the sixth chapter. One through eight and... I want to pull from those scriptures tonight to tie in. And, and I look after studying this and praying over it and the focus verse that I used tonight of the words of Jesus Christ out of Matthew. The statement that he made there about the days of Noah. I know I've even made the statement that as we watch us the time and the season that we're in. We watch where we headed back to that moment and to that hour and that day. But I look at it maybe just a little different tonight. After really listen to what Jesus had to say. And the warning that Jesus was trying to bring into our attention. I realize for the most part that Everybody's looking at the violence, at the wickedness, the evilness of our day. Homes and lives, individuals that are destroyed by the forces and the powers of rulers in darkness and wickedness sitting in high places. But as we go back to this particular verse and I'm going to do it kind of at the end of the service tonight. Because the whole core of this message is, is to find grace. It's to find grace. It's to experience this grace. To walk in this grace. To abide and live in this grace. If you've lived for the Lord very long even... You, are, you, you already know that you can't survive without the grace of God. Even with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Even with repentance and baptism in Jesus' name. The grace of God is a must. It must be active. We must reach for it and get a hold of it on a daily basis. To walk this walk and to live this life. I'm going to use the scriptures both of the Old and New Testament to talk about grace a little bit tonight. I'll try my best not to be as lengthy as we was this morning. But at the same time, I want to do my best to please the Lord and to instruct you tonight. And to understand what's available unto us. Through Jesus Christ. Through the powers of this grace. We're taught by the word that Jesus Christ brought both grace and truth. But the dispensation of grace. If you know much about the Bible. There's dispensations of time. There's a dispensation of conscience and innocence. And the dispensation of the law. And. And, and so there's about six or seven dispensations that were taught out of, out of the Word of God. And, and right now you and I are in what is called the dispensation of grace. This started in Acts 2. 
in the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. Amen. And the preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And under the power of the dispensation of grace, amen, an opportunity is going to be given to whosoever will. The walls and petitions and those things that would, that would keep us, that left us without hope and without promise. Now, they was going to be rent from top to bottom. And now the opportunities, not just unto the Jews, and, and now the visitation is not just going to be unto the Hebrews, but now the gospel is going to be preached unto every man, woman, boy, and girl. I sometimes think we got to be careful with grace. Sometimes we don't really realize the power of it and the authority of it. And when we step into it and, and the results of what it can have in our lives. But on the other hand, amen, some, amen, when you go to the writings of Peter, especially in 1 Peter's and the 5th chapter, 2 Peter's, and you can go to the writings of Jude. We might do that a little later on, but uh, you're going to realize that there's those that slipped in, and those that, that crept in, amen, denying the Lord, and even calls about a grace and using the term grace, using it and, and as a doctrine as a license to sin a license to live whatever one of life they wanted to live even to the point of denying the Lord that had bought them and delivered them but now they had reached a point in the place of abusing the grace of God abusing it as a means and a power to do what they wanted to do to walk whatever way they wanted to walk and to live whatever life they seem fit to live and still claim to have salvation. But you got to understand something about dispensations. Dispensations is a time of how God would deal with humanity and deal with salvation for humanity and what's required in those dispensations. I feel like the Lord beckoned and quickened something to me tonight in the time of prayer and worship up here tonight. How many of you ever heard the statement about the devil can oppress you? Not necessarily possess you, but oppress you. In other words, he can allow spirits attach themselves unto you. We sung most of the night tonight about that new wine, about the Holy Ghost. How many of you believe that it can oppress you? You're a little hesitant, I don't blame you. Just let me talk a little bit. But you're talking about the power of the grace of God. You know you can come into a service just like tonight, even without the Holy Ghost, and you can feel those chill bumps, and you can feel the presence of the Lord. We want to be baptized with the Holy Ghost, <laughs> and now is our time, but the Lord himself has taught us. <laughs> That old vessels can't handle the Holy Ghost. Old vessels can't contain new wine. 
You can't take a new garment and sew it to an old garment without it renting. And so the old for the vessel to uh, receive the Holy Ghost, that vessel's got to die. That vessel's got to do a part of that song that we sung tonight. Amen. I'm surrendering control. <laughs> Woo! They say you don't have to speak in tongues. If you go into heaven, you're going to speak in tongues. You got to speak in that new Jerusalem. It's going to have that new Jerusalem ring too, baby. Hallelujah. I'm not talking about just speaking in tongues. It's got to have that Jerusalem ring with it. Hallelujah. It's got to have that baptism of the Holy Ghost with it. And I'm telling you, that's the most ruling member you got. And that's the member God chose. Amen. To show the initial sign of you bec he becoming the Lord of your life. This is the dispensation that you and I get to experience this. No other dispensation ever experienced what the dispensation of grace has brought to humanity. They don't know what it is to be filled with the Holy Ghost. They know what it is to be moved upon. They know what it is to be endued. They know what it is to be propped by it. But they don't know what it is to carry it home with them. So, as we go back, well, I'm going to bring a couple more verses out that's huh, it's got a lot of opinions to it. And it's in this very chapter that you read about Noah. And it's the verses just before he found grace. And you start to get a little idea of the generation and the time that he was living in and what he was facing and what was warring against him and his family. Huh. So when you look back at Genesis 6 and 1, and it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth and daughters were born unto them. Can I say this? Watch what Genesis 5, 32 says. And Noah was 500 years old. And he begot how many children? And 500 years. <laughs> Three. So you read that in Genesis 6 and 1. Sons, and they began to multiply. That multiplication may not be near as many as you and I may think. But yet those that were there and a part of it. So we got a little idea that with even Noah, he had three sons in 500 years. And he's 600 years old now when some of all of this has taken place. And they're grown. But they don't have any children. All three of those boys. They've all been married. But as far as the record books is concerned in the Bible, it don't read, you don't read anything about Noah having any grandchildren at this point in his life. Now watch the next verse. <laughs> 
You think I've messed with you any you fixing? But watch the next verse. That the sons of God saw the daughters of men, and they were fair. And they took them wives. Now I do believe that this part of the scriptures always caught my attention. It always caused me to ponder. And always caused me to just, God, what, what did you want Moses to tell us here? Of all which they chose. It's almost written there in a manner and a way it didn't have God's approval on it. It didn't have God's okay on it. It wasn't what God was putting together. But as they had chose. Now let's go back to the beginning of that verse. Sons of God. Dig out your commentaries. Dig out your preachers. Dig out your premier Bible study. Bible. <laughs> You got to be shocked when you begin to study it out if you haven't. There's different opinions. Now, this is one that we've been taught, and for the most part, we believe it's maybe the most subtle one. I don't know. But some believe that the sons of God there was referring to the sons of Seth. Okay? So that's not a big deal, is it? I don't, I don't you know, that, we can relate to that. But if you go to some commentaries and you go to this premier Bible study, they introduce something else. Let me bring this thought to you. In Job, we've learned, and we believe that Job is the oldest book in the Bible. We believe that Job existed and lived upon this earth before there was a priesthood and a law given. But Job had a relationship with God and could hear the voice of God. God, a man. And we read that when the sons of God would go before God and Belial would be or Lucifer or the devil would be with them. And when they come before God, it was God that would question him at that moment. Who was the sons of God that became before God? And so this is where it gets you into a realm and a place of Angelic beings. Oh man. <laughs> I tell you what, it's it's changing here a little bit. Is the generation and the time of Noah. A time that the Bible makes very clear to us that their imaginations and their minds, it never crossed their minds to pray. It never crossed their minds to build a temple for God. It never crossed their minds to worship God. It, there was no such thing as a church building. There was no such thing as preachers. There was no such thing as a choir. There was none of these things existed in Noah's day. In fact, the study, amen, makes it clear to us. Amen, there was only eight precious souls. And seven of those souls depended upon one man that found grace in his generation, that found grace in his 
wicked hour that found grace in that dark moment of society and the creation of man to the point that God even repented that he created man. But I'm telling you, you underestimate the power of the grace of God. If no one can find grace in his generation, there's not a soul in this house that cannot find the grace of God in the dispensation of grace. It doesn't matter how you and I walked in this house tonight. With whatever burdens, heartaches, sins, disappointments, and struggles. If Noah could find grace and found grace in his hour, in his moment, without a high priest, we got a high priest. And he's not on this earth. He's in the heavens in a tabernacle that was created by man, created by God. And he's interceding. He never slumbers. He never sleeps. He's called the bishop of our soul. He's always available. It doesn't matter what time of day or night. When you begin to cry out to him, when you begin to lift your voice to him, when you come to that realization and to that place like that prodigal son, amen, when he came to himself and he realized where he is at and he realized what he was fixing to take hold of, what he was fixing to ingest and what realization set in. I got servants at my daddy's house. A man is faring better than I am. I think I'll go back to daddy's house. I believe I'll go back to the home. Hallelujah. I believe I'll go back where I'll find the help I need. I'm telling you there's ever been a generation that needs a church, that needs a place that they need to come to find God. Hallelujah. I'm telling you it's not an out of a sect assembling of ourselves together. It's an hour for us to be united. It's an hour, amen, for the hands and the feet and the nose and the ears. Find a place that we're going to find agreement. Find a place that we're going to walk in the grace of God. Find a place we're going to walk in the power of God. Because I'm telling you, this grace will deliver every drug addict in the community. This grace, amen, will deliver every divorce home. This grace will deliver every alcoholic. This grace will deliver every demonic power and every demonic possessed person. This place of this grace will liberate, deliver every soul in this house. I don't care how oppressed you are by the enemy, this grace will do the work. This grace is not about our works, it's not about our goodness, it's about His grace. We're made overcomers in this world and the ungodliness of this world. By the powerful grace of God. Paul, our own apostle, he got it right. Amen. I am what I am by the grace of God. Don't you ever get the attitude and the spirit as a Holy Ghost filled person. I don't care if you've been living for God 150 years and you've never messed up. It's God's grace that kept you doing it. It's God's grace, amen, that, that girded up your loins. It was God's grace that, that directed your footsteps. 
ourselves. I'm telling you, we can't do this on our own. Hallelujah. No more than Moses could do it. Moses made it plain to God. I don't want you listen to me. God said Moses told him, I don't even want to go to the promised land without your presence or without your grace, God. I don't want to go to the promised land without your grace. Hey, Lord, day we get up, man. We ought to let the love of God and the grace of God ride and walk with us. Because this is what's going to turn our community upside down. This is going to what let our neighbors know there's a help in the house. So if you'll let me for just a few minutes here tonight, with the help of the Lord, the help of God. Now, I personally believe if Noah hadn't found grace, man would have self-destructed. Man would have not existed any longer. Praise God. He would have wiped himself out with violence. So when you look at Genesis 19, and I'm just going to hit a few headers. I realize it's already a little before 8 and we've been here. But let me just bump on a few things and we'll move from that. But Genesis 19 and 19. It's there that Lot, and we know he made a bad decision and a bad choices. And he, and he pitched his tent toward the city of Gomorrah, Sodom and Gomorrah, the watering plains. I don't know if he could see the cities on that particular day or if it was just the watering plains, but where they was going to lead to, where they was going to cause him to wind up. And we know that he wound up sitting in the gates and becoming a judge and a part of that particular city and setting. We know that he had sons and daughters in that city. And when the time come of their wickedness, God himself comes down and visits his uncle. And it's his uncle that through the power of prayer works it down to if there could be ten righteous. Don't ever underestimate the mercy and the grace of our God and the powers of your prayer. Hallelujah. Because your prayers is what's going to make all the difference of the outcome of your family. How do you think the devil works so hard against you about not praying? Why do you think the world works so hard against you about not praying? Why do you think that our constitutional people, amen, or political people, they really don't want you to pray? Or you can pray in some foreign name and some ungod name, but they don't want you to pray in the name of Jesus. Because when you start praying in the name of Jesus with honesty, as one of those Hebrew boys, honey, something's going to happen. And so we know that Lot found himself facing a situation with the visitation of the angels. And to the point and to the place, a man that they literally have to get him by the hands. Him and his two daughters. But listen to what Genesis 19 and 19 says. These are the words of Lot himself. Behold now, thy servant hath found grace in thy sight. You can find grace in this house tonight. Hmm. You can find the grace that you need. Huh. Paul got it right. Even in a situation that he would love to have been delivered from. But God wouldn't go to deliver him. But what did he tell him? He says my grace is sufficient 
<laughs> there may be some dilemmas. There may be some weak places. There may be some errors in our own personal lives that we really love to overcome, amen, and get the victory over it. But the grace of God may not ever give us the opportunity because God can use us in those times of moments and weakness and inabilities. Hallelujah, by his grace. Because it's by his grace that operates through those infirmities and through those weaknesses. This is what Paul made clear to us, that it's in my moments of infirmity and weakness that God or God that manifests his best, that God manifests his power, amen, when it's out of my control, when it's out of my reach, when it's out of my abilities, there's something else got to show up, and that's the grace of God that steps in, and by the grace of God, deliverance comes, by the grace of God, prayers are answered, by the grace of God, we find deliverance, by the grace of God, we're made overcomers, we're going to walk in the beauty of his counsel and light by his lovely grace. Anybody ought to know anything about grace. It ought to be Holy Ghost filled people. Moses put it this way in Exodus 33. I've made mention of this. Moses said unto the Lord. See thou sayest unto me. Bring up this people. And thou hast not let me know whom thou wilt send with me. Yet thou hast said. I know thee by name. And thou hast also found Grace in my sight. Now, therefore, I pray thee, if I have found grace in thy sight, show me now thy way that I may know thee, that I may find grace in thy sight and consider that this nation is thy people. And he said, my presence shall go with thee and I will give thee rest. And he said, Moses said unto him, the Lord, if thy presence go not with me, carry us not up, Kansas. Do you and I understand that tonight? I don't want to go anywhere without the presence of God. I don't go and get involved in anything without the blessings of the Holy Ghost in it. I don't ever take the Holy Ghost in places, amen, that didn't have any business going there. Hallelujah. But I want to walk in the grace of God and the presence of the Lord. There's ever been a generation that needs a body of believers that's anchored and settled and unmovable and unchangeable. I tell you, that's too many religions changing their bylaws. Too many religions are changing their ideas where, where it's how to be saved and how to be redeemed and how to be atoned and what lives are living overcoming eyes. But I'm here to tell you, God has to change his mind. Know the power of his grace. Hallelujah. He's not saving us in our sins. He's saving us from our sins. There's a difference to the power of this grace. be able to walk in this grace when all the odds are against you when the, when, the, when, the, when the deck is stacked against you but in this grace come on think about Moses going to lead some beliefs up to some three million people into a wilderness the scripture goes on it's taught us you can find grace in a wilderness You can find grace to sustain you. You can find a God, a man, at obedience to him. That will supply our every need. A man that will give us the manna. Watch this. You know what grace will do? Walking in grace. Grace will give you experiences that your father never experienced. 
Amen. Read it. When they was walking in the wilderness by the grace of God. Amen. They experienced manna that the Bible makes clear. Your fathers didn't know anything about manna. They didn't know anything in God in this measure and power and form. How much more should you and I as a Pentecostal church. Amen. And a Pentecostal movement of 2,000 years upon this earth. How that we ought to be walking in the grace and the powers of God. And walking around in the spirit of the Lord. That every demonic force that comes in this house. We find, amen, this is not the place we ought to be this is the place where we'll find, where we'll find our match at. This is the place, hallelujah. But this is the place where an earthen vessel ought to be able to come, even though they're possessed and find by the grace of God delivers that they couldn't find any other place. Where other places said, don't come here, we ain't got time for you. Don't come here, we ain't got room. Oh, we got room for them, honey. We got room for them. This grace is so powerful, it don't matter what kind of walk they come from. It doesn't matter what the past is like. When we all walk in here, it doesn't matter from, from one extreme to the other. By the same grace of God, hallelujah, we come together, amen, to love and worship and magnify God and let the power of this grace manifest itself and pour itself out upon us. I'm telling you, there's nothing like this grace that will shine down upon us. Psalms 40, 84 and 11 puts it this way. And the Lord God is sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory and no good thing will withhold them that walk uprightly. Folks, if we're walking uprightly, I'm telling you, there's a revival at the, in the stages. There's a revival, amen, in the air. There's a revival in this end time. There's a latter rain coming, honey. I'm planning on being a part of it. I'm planning on being involved of it. I'm not interested in shutting doors down. I'm not interested in having that church. I'm not interested in going to one service on Sunday. I'm not interested in stopping midweek services. I'm not interested in stopping revival. If we're going to do anything, let's have a little more church. Let's get a little more drunk. Let's walk a little more in his grace. Let's walk a little more in his love. Let's let the world, the community around us, this is a way to live. This is a way to live. We'd rather come to the house of God than any other place in the world. Because you can experience things here by the grace of God that nobody else can experience. Jeremiah put it this way. Thus saith the Lord, the people which were left of the sword found grace in the wilderness. That wilderness could have been a Babylon. Huh? That wilderness sometimes can be in a valley. Valley of a health problem, a financial problem. A family problem. A place on the job. But this grace is sufficient. To bring me through. This grace is sufficient to operate for us. This grace, amen, open windows and doors that nothing else can and nothing else will. Especially when we handled it right, when we respond to it right, and we give the glory and the praise and the honor to Him, and we don't try to be a thief, and we don't try to be a robber, and we don't get up here with arrogance and high minded like, man, we's the ones. Look how talented we are. Look how gifted we are. Look how oh, we're nothing, buddy. I'm going to tell you right now, Paul said there's no good thing in this flesh. Hallelujah. This flesh couldn't put one foot in front of the other without the mercy of God. I live and move and have my being by Him. He's the one that keeps me, He's the one that protects me. And I tell the devil all the time, devil, you couldn't even do nothing without my God. Big as you are and bad as you think you are and deceitful as you are, you really can't do nothing. 
You're full of lies. You haven't never created nothing. Amen. You're not a creator. You're a thief and a robber. And they sold you by. You stole. You robbed them. You lured them. You deceived them. And you took advantage. Amen. Got blinded eyes. This gospel seed to only those that are blinded by who? By the God of this world. But you know what got me out of that darkness? It was the grace of God. It was the grace of God that got us out of that darkness. That got us. Michael, the grace of God's got you here, son. You hear me? Could have been a lot worse. But God's worked and worked it out for you to be here. You may not understand everything that goes on in your life. And there's some things you was exposed to. But God's going to help you with it. And God's going to work for you. And God's going to drive some oppressions out of your life. And change some ways in you. You humble yourself to God, to the voice of God. God will visit you. God can visit you at the nighttime. God can visit you with dreams and direction and put things in you that the devil tried. The devil wanted to put some things and the world wanted to. You know, you hear me? But now it's different. You're in a different ball game. You got a hold of something. Amen. It's genuine. That was the grace of God. It's going to be the grace of God that's going to keep him. You let me tell you something, children. Some of you, it's in broken homes. Don't you use that excuse, amen, that I'm going to be a wreck. No, the grace of God can sustain me. The grace of God can help me overcome. The grace of God can help me victorious. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you me tonight, it doesn't matter if you got moms and dads with alcoholics and drug addicts. This grace is sufficient, amen, to pull you out and hold you and keep you to win the race. If that's not the case, then you tell me why. Sometimes families with moms and dads that paid the price that lived the life and have children that shipwrecked. And then you got some moms and dads, you know, like the old parrot said, you know. But they got babies that made up in their minds and heart and spirit. We're not going down that road. We're not walking down that path. <laughs> and we're not going to use that as a crutch every time something don't go our way. Hey Amen. We're going to get all mumbling and complaining and belly aching about it. Well, <laughs> I'm a new creation. I got a new creator. It's not there. He can create it. Watch this. Grace in the Greek is charisma. That means gifts, talent, just talent, just got gifted, just, just comes natural to them. Man, it ought to just come natural to us to show grace and mercy and kindness and long-suffering and gentleness and meekness. I preach it, I got a problem. You got a problem with the Holy Ghost then. Not a problem with me or God, but with the Holy Ghost. That's the evidence of the Holy Ghost. Thank God for tongues. But I'm telling you right now, I want to check my all nine fruits in the Holy Ghost. I want to check my... Some of you may be thinking right now, well, be a little more kinder than I am. This is the grace of God. <laughs> but Andrew, this grace will keep you. This grace will get you a suitable help. Mate, you don't worry about it. Let them like, make fun, do all that other stuff. You get your list, you do it all, whatever you want to do. But you let God do it. That's right. Hallelujah. 
Hollywood make millions off of trying to offer dating games. And if they check their record, it's a flop. But not God, honey. For what God puts together, let no man put asunder. We've been doing it God's way. We're in the trouble of homosexuals and lesbians, honey. Grace of God, amen. Grace of God helps us to understand that's a boy. And we got to tell him as a boy. We don't even act like a boy, walk like a boy, talk like a boy. We're not going to dress him up. We're not even going to play games with him anymore. <laughs> you say what you want to about that. That's all right. That's your business. But we're in a spiritual world today. And only the true graces of God are going to pull them out. Are you hearing me? There is so much bondage and so much darkness. I'm telling you, the only thing that's going to pull them out is the true grace of God. But I'm telling you, the grace of God still has the power and the ability, amen, to pull us out of that very clay. Set us on a straight and narrow way. Set us on a solid way. We're not up and down and if and and maybe. No, I found the grace of God to be sufficient. Times when I fall flat on my face, make a total wreck out of it. I know one that loves me. I know one that if I'll just make my way to him, I can find some grace and some compassion and some mercy. Hallelujah. Praise God. <laughs> Romans 11. I'll just touch a couple of these verses. Verse 5 says, Even so, then at this present time, also there is a remnant according to the election of grace. You know what he's talking about? He's talking about them old Jews. Those Jews that rejected the Messiah. Those Jews that rejected Jesus Christ. As far as the multitude... But he's telling us, Paul's writing, if he starts that thing out talking about where he's from and how he's experienced and how God moved on him. But here, there's a remnant by the grace of God of those old Jews. But I want to tell you something. They're not doing it by obeying the law. They're not doing it by, by, by fleshly obedience of, of keeping the Sabbath. Amen. And, and keeping the new moon. No. Amen. They come through Jesus Christ. And they come through repentance and baptism in Jesus' name. And the infilling of the Holy Ghost. And there is a remnant at that moment in time. Just as much as the strangers in the Old Testament. When they hooked up with the Jews. They had to change the way they lived. And change the things they ate. And change their whole atmosphere in life. Amen. If they was going to walk with the Jews and have the blessings of the Jews. And so when you get to the New Testament, even those old Orthodox Jews, if they was going to be a part of this born again bride, honey, they had to come Jesus' way. They had to come the Messiah's way. They had to come the gospel way. And Paul's making it clear right here, amen, that by the grace of God, a remnant, amen, a few, amen, has been pulled out. been really praying and asking God about old time conviction could it be before we can handle old time conviction we got to get old time grace back 
toward one another, toward our neighbors. Toward, I, I've talked to some of these, talking about witnessing to people. I'm going to do my best to tell them truth. And if they don't accept it, that's okay. They don't have to become an enemy of mine. I'm going to love them. I'm going to help them. I'm going to serve them. I'm going to do what I can. It's up to them. Now, if they want to get whatever, that's, that's, their, that's their decision. But I'm not going to mistreat them. Just because they don't see it like God's revealed it unto us. Because see, now I can't change it. I can't change the Word of God. I don't know where the idea some of these men think all of a sudden they can change what that book says. It's forever settled, folks. You and I can't change it. We don't have the power of the authority to change it, broaden it up, rearrange it, add to or take from it. What you and I can do is surrender ourselves to it. And by the grace of God, and out of genuine sincerity and honesty, God, I messed up. But if you'll wash me, if you'll cleanse me, if you'll revive me, if you'll give me that new wine again, if you'll revive that new birth in me, Paul prayed them back through, honey. Paul prayed them back through. Who do you think we are? The Holy Ghost was formed in them. Or Christ was formed in them again. This is the powerful workings of the grace of God. Working in our lives. Working for us. Galatians 1 and 5 talks about. Amen. That I was called from my mother's room by the grace. Acts 11 talks about. That, uh, that Barnabas was sent. And when he got there. Amen. From Jerusalem. The church. But when he got there. You know what he saw? Who when he came and had seen what the grace of God. Hallelujah. He didn't talk about the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. But he, you know what he talked about? As he watched the evidence and the results of those from Antioch. And those other places he went he said I saw the grace of God in those old Gentile people man it was working they was walking different talking different living different they was walking in a power and a demonstration of what of the grace of God you can go to Acts 13 chapter 42 and 43 again Paul and Barnabas amen you can see there they was persuaded the 43rd verse says and now the congregations are broken up and many of the Jews and religious proselytes followed Paul and Barnabas who speaking to them persuaded them to do what to continue what? Continue in the grace of God. No, your spiritual leaders don't want you to. No, your spiritual chiefs don't want you to. But if you're walking the grace of God, God will sustain you. No, they're going to throw you out of the synagogue and they're going to be a price to pay. But if you're just depend on the grace of God, God will always make a way. God will always open up the door. You won't starve, honey. David said, I was just wrong, but now I'm old. But I've never seen the righteous forsaken or a seed begging bread. I tell you, that's our problem today. Gotta have faith. I'm walking in his grace. And he's gonna sustain me. He's gonna see me through. He's gonna make a way. I know you hear me talk a little bit about the book I'm reading. Sister Holmes, she was talking about a time. Said they had went out and started preaching some and preaching revivals. And they had went to a oh what? This is Sister Freeman I listened to. Amen. Last night. Man, I'm listening so much. I uh, maybe I got about a third of them, brother. Some of you don't get prayed through, it ain't because you ain't been listening to preaching. <laughs> you may become a junkie preacher, <laughs> but you listen to what's being said. I'm gonna tell you something though, you need to be listening. Because if you're not, if it's, you're just marking off, that's kind of like inviting people standing at a wall, Martin. Come to church. Come to church. Come to church. 
When you get there, how many did you buy? 1,200. How many showed up? <laughs> yeah. That's where the real, real fruit's at. That's what the real response is. To know what the Word of God's working, it, it shows up in our lives. It shows up at the house. It shows up on the job. It shows up at the house of God. It shows up in everything we're involved in. Thank God for the word of God and the grace of God. It shows up in everything we get involved in. It doesn't matter if she's my spouse. I got the responsibility of the grace of God to love her and cherish her and do what's right. And Lord, help me to do a good job. Amen. Because I don't want to get on the other side. And God looked at me and said, you could have done a lot better here and a lot better there. Amen. I tell you, thank God for his grace. God's grace has been with us this week. I wasn't even going to mention this because I know how some of you will get, but huh. got to tear my floor up. Got some soft places in it. <laughs> They're not soft, man. They <laughs> will give you an idea how rotten they are. Rosalie stepped through it. So uh, anyway, I kind of figured where it's all going. I said, well, but I immediately, I began to pray. And I'd come up here and pray. And the insurance man was going to show up. And, but I prayed. I, and I prayed honestly, too. I prayed sincerely. I said, God, I want to handle this thing. I mean, I want to handle this right. I, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to lay so sleep over it. I'm not going to get upset. I'm not going to holler. I'm not going to do none of that. You just, God, you just help us work this thing out. But one thing I have done, I've tried to get some research, call some folks. Get some, anyway, that insurance man, come, man, he looked at it, examined it all, and said, man, a lot of this is from underneath, and this is your trouble, blah, blah, blah. And said, our insurance don't cover it. And took me out to his van, showed me all that. I said, ain't no big deal. That's all right, no problem. Kept on talking. He said, you know what? He said, I think I can do something, though. He said, let's go back. I said, hey, look now. I said, hey, it ain't no problem. I pray you. I, I don't want you to get in trouble. Don't do nothing. Man, ain't no, ain't no problem. I mean, I'm smiling. I'm going on. No big deal. Hey, we can handle this. <laughs> he finally said, no, we're going back in the house. He said, I'm going to find me a couple of them pieces. I believe we can put your new floor on top at least. I said, man, that's up to you. Not on my part, though. <laughs> uh, we'll get the money. God's got lots of money. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. He can send somebody. So I'm going to go back to what Sister Freeman, she's talking about today, she's trying to preach, and we weren't getting any offerings, and, and, and her husband got sick, and, and the pastor where he's preaching at, a man come to her and woke her up that morning and said, hey, what's wrong with your husband? She said, well, I think he's got the flu. She, she said, I'm going to be back in about 30 minutes, and said, you're going to have to load up your husband. Y'all got to go. Y'all got to leave. He said, I'm too busy. I'm too important. I can't afford to get the flu. Well, if you're that important and that busy, you don't worry about it. God will keep you from the flu. That's what I would have told him. Well, sometimes I can shoot back. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> but anyway, it went off from that. It was a few minutes, amen. And so she got to praying about it and asking God about it. And so, you know, she's looking for this letter. <laughs> she's looking for it to come. And so she goes out and meets the mailman. And he said, well, no, it ain't none for this address, none. And so the next day, well, her mama calls then and says, says, hey, hey, said, you know, people ain't been paying tithes and this and that and said man we, we just been living off of I think it was eggs and last few days and man we need some money we had a bind and, and here she was man she's about to you know freak out and she's thinking oh my goodness so she said I really begin to pray and seek God and so I met the mailman out there again and sure enough he told me he said no there ain't nothing coming but she said all of a sudden she gets a phone call and for this particular sister if any of you heard it man it, she did a whole lot better job and so if you hadn't get with brother Nathan he can send it to you but anyway she begins to talk about this sister amen and, and, and she had a, a, a um, impediment of speech, and, and she'd actually uh, didn't say what she was going to say. 
And I thought it sounded like kissing whenever she's doing it, but I thought, I don't know what it was. But anyway, uh, I'd have a problem with that too. <laughs> Man calls me, and I'm here. <laughs> Oh, God, what are we going to do here? Uh, but anyway, she, she knew who it was, and, and she said she done confessed. She said, hey, it got on her nerves. She couldn't hardly handle it. She couldn't hardly stand it. Amen, from this particular sister. And, and that particular told her, she was, oh, Sister Freeman, I understand you're praying for money. She said, and you could tell she's a little hesitant. She said, oh, yeah, I am. <laughs> So anyway, make a long story short, after they went through all that, she says, I want you to come over. So she goes over to her house. This, this lady was a widow. Her husband had been a widow for a long time. Her husband had died or something. I can't remember. But, but when she got there and she's thinking, she said, how in the world can this little widow lady help us? And said, when I got there and she see, had me put my hand out and said she went to accounting. $10 bill. <laughs> One, two. And she said, now you got to understand, there's a million nights. If we got one $10 bill in the offering, we got a good offering. Now, this wasn't yesterday. Okay? One, two, three, four, five, six. She's probably trembling by this time. <laughs> Tears running down her face. Ten. One hundred dollars she laid in her hand that day. That's the grace of God. But you know what? Not everybody's willing to walk down that path. Everybody's not willing to, to step out and put their faith and trust in God. We want miracles and wonders and signs and experience the grace of God without obligations. But the grace of God is always called upon us. A man to give obligations and responsibility and commitment and dedication. It never fails. As much as the first church in the early 1900s that endured the rotten eggs and endured a man being beat up and shot at and burning their tents down and people pulling up and blowing horns and doing everything they could to shut her down but you couldn't shut it down Hallelujah! that's the same way it is tonight regardless of all the people that want to ridicule and make like and make fun we've experienced the greatest thing you're going to experience on the face of the earth you've experienced the greatest grace that you're ever going to experience and that's the reason you and I ought to show that grace because we know it's by the grace of God I don't deserve it I didn't earn it the musicians and singers are coming but it's been the grace of God that's been activated into my life and how often throughout them times I had to be like that little widow woman go back to the barrel of grace and dip in and get it when I didn't deserve it. Amen. When it ought not have been full. But the grace of God was there. The mercy of God was there. The power of God was there. When I know I didn't deserve it and I had to dip in. Amen. For his grace and for his compassion and for his mercy. It's been the grace of God that's kept us. It's been the grace of God that's going to see us through. It's been the grace of God that's going to work in this house to liberate and deliver the souls of this community. we stand here tonight
pray we never forget where you brought us from. Lord, I pray we never forget the struggles that we used to have. The trips that we'd made to the altar. Trying to find God. The power of God. And the deliverance. Voices that we'd have to wrestle with. The shortcomings and the failures. Finally, one night, we experienced this grace. Finding deliverance. Finding a help. Some of them use the definition for the grace is unmerited favor. In fact, the word grace is interchangeable with the favor of God. It's been the favor of God that's been upon us even through COVID. God kept us. Oh, we had a few that, huh, that could have left here. But God's grace. I don't think about it too often and I don't mention it much. But I won't forget that night laying in that bed when I thought, man, my heart's going to bust wide open. Something don't happen here pretty quick. I'm fixing, something's fixing gold, something. I just kept praying. Saying, oh, COVID, you're not going to win. Grace of God, the mercy of our Lord. That keeping power is going to move. And he did. He did. How often, how many of you has got a testimony that the devil thought he had you? The devil thought, I've got him this time. But here comes running in mercy and grace into that situation and turning that dilemma around especially in times <laughs> what you going to tell the community when the grace of God begins to work in your life in such a measure and a way that you start owning property that nobody ever believed that you don't. That you start running businesses, taming promotions and jobs. And just the favor, the blessings, and the grace of God to show the rest of the community Who's your God? Think about it a minute. <laughs> what are we going to tell the community that when it's our loved ones 
that was diagnosed with this or struggled with this or that. Somehow by the, the humbleness and meekness of this church, and we bond together and find the grace of God and find deliverance, answers to our prayers. Some of you that's maybe have to walk in a way by yourself because you don't have a spouse. But I tell you what you've got. You've got the promises and the grace of God. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. And you don't have to wind up shipwrecked. And you don't have to wind up with children that people's going to say, well, they come out of divorce. They will never know it. Because of the powers of the grace of God that can be released into our lives and into our children's lives. Warring against the powers of evil and wickedness. The stage is being set, ladies and gentlemen, and the warfare is on between the kingdoms of darkness and the kingdoms of light. And as it progresses, you're going to start seeing a separation between the pretenders and the real people of God. And the real people of God understands the power of the grace of God. When I don't seem like I've got any strength or abilities, I can just get in the grace of God. Get into that place with Him. Things begin to click and things begin to come together. And things begin to happen in such a miraculous way. It all works together. It all works. Blessings. The favors of God. You know what the grace of God? It a witness to this community. That regardless of whatever walk this community they walk in here. They'll be loved the same and cared for as the same. And when their neighbor says, I can't believe you're going down there. You ought to come and go with me. Man, I walk in that place. And you know, some of them may not ever get out of some of that. They may be a beggar all their life. May live from paycheck to paycheck. But yet there will be illuminating power. And a bubbling that will flow out of them. By the grace of God. And become some of the most powerful witnessing forces in this community. Because they have a revelation of the grace of God. And the power of it. And they get an understanding of what life is really all about. That it's really not about material things and possessions. But it's about walking in the grace of God. The call of God. The election of God. Paul's writings went as far as talking about with the masters and the servants. And, and the place where they was called and filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. To be content and satisfied and happy. Even, even working for, for the brothers. Make sure they handled and treated them in respect and with honor. Not to be looking for favors and not to be, no. And there's a lot to be said about the grace of God.
the power of it. It's available here tonight to work, to minister, to fall upon us. It doesn't matter how often I've experienced it. Always love experiencing it again. There's just something about it. Knowing that we never deserve it. We couldn't earn it. But God, your grace. <laughs> and if Noah could find grace in such a wicked and vile time in his generation. Don't tell me you can't find grace tonight. I'm telling you, you can find it. Don't you listen to those negative voices, spirits. You hear the voice of God tonight. It's for me, and I'm going to get it. I'm going to receive it. I'm going to walk in the power of it. Because if I walk in this grace, regardless of what comes and goes in all the other areas of my life, they can be a peace and a joy in me to handle it and to walk in it. Bless you tonight. Bless the singers. These altars are open. If anybody want to come and taste the grace of God tonight, anybody want to come and maybe be renewed and refreshed in the grace of God tonight, that grace, amen, that changes us. That changes circumstances. Maybe, maybe there is a situation that you're battling with. And you need your grace to give you direction, to give you deliverance, and help you along the way as a vessel of God. What about it tonight? There's a season of grace. This dispensation will see an ending, just like all the other dispensations of time. So why don't you, while the season's right, find the grace of God for your life, for your situation, for the condition of your soul, for the condition of your family. <laughs> you got to come and you got to ask Him for it. You got to reach up and get a hold of it. This grace is attainable, but you got to come and seek for it. God bless you tonight.
Paul made this statement in one place. And he didn't want the grace of God to be in vain in his life. Another place he wrote unto us and said, The grace of God has appeared unto all men. Thank God for that grace that has appeared. And by his grace, I don't want it to be vain. But I want to become that finished product. I believe you want to become that finished product of the grace of God. Lord bless you, you may be seated. Let me say again tonight, we appreciate all of our guests coming to be with us tonight to worship the Lord and to help us to celebrate and experience the grace and the touching of the Lord. It's nothing like the presence of the Lord in our lives and allowing that common denominator Amen. To help us. Jesus Christ himself taught us. Cheer up. I've overcome the world. Because he has. We can. Praise God. Praise God. Got any birthdays? Birthdays. Sister Melanie Ferguson. All right. Stay up here. Let them all sing to you. (laughs) Where are you going? You're the only one. (laughs) Yep, 21. (laughs) By the grace of God. right. Give her a good hand tonight. (laughs) Praise God. Anniversaries. All right. Brother Nathan, Sister Shelley, Brother Buddy and Sister Joyce. Praise God. Well, thank God for them, huh? Let's sing. a good hand tonight. All right, Lord bless you. Love and appreciate you. You're dismissed in the fear of the Lord. God bless you.